You're listening to the In Search SEO Podcast by Rank Ranger. That's right. You are listening to the In Search SEO Podcast. The podcast that paints a town red with succulent search marketing insights. Legend. That's right. Legend. The SEO legend, Bill. I know everything there is to know about Google Patent Slosky joins us today for a sweeping look at what patents tell us about search. So we're getting into how to approach a Google patent, why the information within patents is incredibly important for doing SEO, and what trends the patents have revealed about what Google is looking for. But first, I'm going to kick. I'm going to kick about how content is changing and how Google just released something that's set to change the content landscape forever. Here's why top-level content, top-of-the-funnel content will die a horrific death by the SERP. I am your host, Morty Obers, and I am joined by she who still loathes sarcasm, Sapir Carabello. Yep, that's me. Totally hate sarcasm. You sound so serious. You are serious. You are not being sarcastic. I don't believe you. Don't believe me. I don't. (laughs) I don't care. I know. Sure you do. Deep down you care. Deep down you care a lot. I really don't. A lot. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. What's new in your life? Nothing is new in my life. Unbelie- every time I ask you this, like you cannot get it. You must I be like no someone life. takes you out on a date, I'm like, and they're and they're and they're, and they're like, okay, hi, Sapir, nice to meet you. How are you? I am good. What what do you well, um um what do you do all day? I work. Do, do you like work? Yes. What else do you like? Things. Great con- you are a you are a great conversationalist. Yeah, I know. Thanks. I okay. <laughs> great. Okay. How are you though? I have a giant headache. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ask me if it's corona. <laughs> oh, Marty. Ask come me, on. come on. Ask me if it's corona. I don't Is it corona? No, it's children. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not Corona. My my two year old and my four year old have been like a, on a rampage. All, I, all this past weekend was intense. It was intense. They were spilling <sighs> things, climbing up oh. things. They they pulled out every article of clothing from my closet and then mixed it with the dirty laundry. So I don't know what's clean, what's dirty anymore. <laughs> Good thing I work from home. That's hilarious. It's it's it, so even the kids. they're they're very cute. Oh, they are very very cute. They are like the cutest. Yeah. But they're terrorists. <laughs> Even the bigger ones are like, can we can we send them back to their home planet? I'm like, if you can fit them back up there, you can. <laughs> but they're not gonna fit. Oh, sounds like you're having fun though. Every day, another day in paradise. <laughs> Do not forget we put out a new episode of the In Search SEO podcast each and every Tuesday. You can find it on Stitcher, you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on SoundCloud, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it everywhere. And, of course, you can find it on the Rank Ranger blog. That's the Rank Ranger blog. Check that out. Yeah. Also, yeah. don't forget to check out our Twitter page, the In Search SEO Podcast Twitter page, for exclusive bonus content for the podcast. You get a deep thought by yours truly, plus some really uh, risque, perhaps, or uh, personal <laughs> questions that we ask our guests and that we post only on Twitter, so that's at in search underscore SEO. The underscore is that like dash thing that that goes down and not in the middle. So in search underscore SEO. Check out the bonus content. Also, sneak peek, although by the time you listen to this, it will most likely be out. Pixel rank tracking has come to Rank Ranger. Yes, you heard that right. Pixel rank tracking has come to Rank Ranger. But, and if you listen to this podcast, I am not the biggest fan of pixel rank tracking because it needs to be qualified. What do I mean? Well, you could be X number of pixels down, but be below the fold. How do you know? Or you could be, wow, I'm only X number of pixels down from the top of the serpent. There's a giant knowledge panel to the right that the pixel tracking won't take into account. So guess what we did? 
we created the ultimate score, the absolute visibility score that incorporates pixel ring tracking and weighs in other SERP features or your position above or below the fold. So it's pixel ring tracking, but done right. Check it out at rankranger.com. Sign up for a 14-day free trial. It's awesome. Yeah. It's revol- it No is. one else is doing this. This is completely revolutionary. Mm-hmm. So, uh, bing. Awesome for Rank Ranger. Check that out. Rankranger.com. Free trial. Sign up. No credit card needed because we're not spammy. Okay. Had a blast talking to the king of Google patents, the wizard of patentry, Bill Slosky. But before we do that, Google has rolled out a new element on the SERP that I think is going to have a crazy big impact on the SERP, which is why we're judging the SEO impact of topical filters at the top of the SERP hit that sound that that resounding drum sound that we do so usually i have a hard time um, trying to explain a change to the serp to you our dear listeners because this is an audio experience and the serp is a visual experience um but this one's really freaking easy okay so you head to the serp you type something in and sometimes now you're going to get a set of filters um that well filter the serp accordingly for example You search for top-selling vacuums, and you get filters uh, for Amazon, Walmart, Dyson. Those are your three options. And guess what happens? And they show up at the very top of the SERP. And guess what happens when you click on one of these filter options up here? Come on. Let me take a wild guess and say Mm -hmm. that it gives you a (laughs) Yeah, wild. Totally wild. Mm -hmm. Uh, It gives you a SERP that is tailored to whatever filter you clicked on. Because Sapir and wild are synonymous. Yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much what you get. Wow, shocking! Mm-hmm, very. Oh, wow. you you with the sarcasm again? Wow, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Yeah. Okay. So if you click, you you search for top selling vacuums, you get a filter for Amazon, Walmart, Dyson. Dyson, by the way, is a vacuum company, vacuum making company. In case you did not know that. Um, and you'll get a whole. So this you click on 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 um, the results from Walmart because you're you're not smart enough to click on the one from Amazon. Right, you you what? get what? What's what? with the Walmart hate? I don't hate Walmart, just not as good as Amazon. Oh, in store, I like Walmart. What? Oh, I love Walmart. Walmart. I love. I have a jacket I bought for three dollars at Walmart. I don't know. <laughs> I'm talking. I'm, I'm literally um, twenty years ago. That's still good. Oh wow! Yep, three dollars. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> Everyone who said like, "Wow," I'm like, "Wow, great jacket, Morty." I'm like, "Yeah, three dollars at." Walmart 20 years ago. So I don't hate Walmart. Just for online, I prefer Amazon. But yeah, you click on that filter for Walmart, and you get a bunch of results just from Walmart, basically. Amazing. Can I gloat, by the way? Can I gloat? Just for a second, maybe? Since when do you ask for permission? Like, we both know you're going to do it anyway. That's true. But I just want to be courteous. Before I I (laughs) act like an egomaniac, I want to be courteous. I, as in me... Morty the Monster Oberstein called this. I called this filter mm-hmm. thing not once, but twice. Mm-hmm. Once on mm-hmm. episode 55 of this very podcast, there I said, Google will offer a visual element as it does for image search to filter results on the SERP. So holy dog feces, Batman, I'm a prophet. But wait, there's more. I said very much the same thing as part of an analysis I did um, when looking at Google's intent and when it goes too far. So that's the second time. And I said that back way even before that episode of the podcast that we did. So I just want to ask you one question. We'll link to both of those places in the blog post for this podcast. So you can see how awesomely prophetic I am. I have to ask you, Sapir. I mean, how does it feel to be in the presence of, of, of greatness each and every week? Wow. Listen, I'm, I'm shaking here. Like You should be. Oh, forgive me, great guru, forever having doubted you. You are forgiven. You, know? you are forgiven. Absolutely. <laughs> I forgive you. Thank you. I appreciate yes, it. Bask in my glory. I could keep going. It's tempting. <laughs> but I'd rather jump into what this filter means for SEO. Because all, all, all kidding aside, um, mm-hmm. I'm not really trying to gloat, but a little, yeah, bit, a right. little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. But it has a big impact. Okay? Because I think it's going to kill a very, very popular tactic. Okay? So the vacuum example, top selling vacuums, you get the filter for Walmart, Dyson, and Amazon. Well, very jarring because it's commerce and it's going to just drive people away from your site selling the vacuum. That's not what the filter is for. Well, I think the filter shines 
are for queries like, and this is one that we saw when Barry shared this, Barry Schwartz shared this on SE Roundtable, how much do you need to retire? And there Google gives you a set of filters, filters for ages, right? Because how much you need to retire depends on what age you want to retire, 70, 80, 50, 36, like me, love to retire. <laughs> what Or where the filter really shines, it's like for on the query, like, and we're going to run with this one, best-selling books, okay, where you get filters for books by genre, fiction, mm-hmm. sci-fi, mystery, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So why is Google doing this up here? Enlighten me. Why is Google doing this? Well, seems like the user is their main priority with this change, right? Like, they probably just want to show better results and make it easier for the users. So, like, yeah, totally. That is speak your language, by the way. So, like, yeah, totally. Did you not? You understood me, like, really clearly, like, clearer than ever before. You millennial, you. Here's where it gets a little bit crazy. So, yeah, you're searching for best-selling books or whatever it is, and before the filters that you now see, what would you see if there weren't the filters there for the query best-selling books, other than ads, of course? Books carousel. A books carousel, that's true. You might see a books carousel, or uh, in this particular case, I saw a feature snippet listing books, the best books. But Sapir, would these books um, in the featured snippet, these lists of these, you know, a bullet item of the best books, would they be sorted by category, or would you get a feature snippet? I like, 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 would you get a feature snippet like from the, you know, feature snippet of the best-selling mystery books? Is that what you would get? No, because it's not according to category. Oh. You'd probably just get a list of books. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, like no matter the genre. Right, right. The feature snippet's not gonna best mystery books because you didn't type in best mystery books. You typed in best books. You're gonna get everything. Right. Right. Everything. Right. All of the best books. It's up here, enlighten me. Enlighten me. Why would a site <laughs> create a list of all the bestsellers? Why not do it by genre? They probably just want to reach a wider audience. Oh. If they make a list based on book categories, they kind of narrow down their outreach and might get less traffic. Oh, oh, yes. That's right. Wow. Casting a wide net, right? Grab users looking for right. mystery books. Grab users too guilty to watch porn who want a romance oh. book. Oh, my God. Get users want a history. G- get them all. By the way, I can't understand these, ro- like, the Daniel Steele romance books. Like, seriously? Oh. This is what you're reading? People read this crap? It's a genre of literature? Like, William Faulkner just rolled over in his grave and killed himself, even though he's already dead. <laughs> Daniel Steele. What's the other one? Um... My mother-in-law reads them. Jody Bacall? Is that whatever? Please. My brain is just like exploding. My brain is saying, shoot me now. That's literature? Okay. Not going to go down that wormhole. Not going to go down that wormhole. So, yeah. Okay. You have this, right? Mystery books, uh, romance books, history books, all in one list. You're getting everybody. So the user sees that list, they come to your site, and then they start looking, you know what, like, I, okay, a couple of books here maybe I'm interested in. Let me start looking by genre, because I don't really want a Daniel Steele book. That's ridiculous. I'm not that kind of person. I want a real what book. we have listeners who like that author? Yeah, yeah. I don't mind. It's, it's, you're going to have to live with that one. <laughs> All right? It's your guilty pleasure. I get it. Everyone's got guilty pleasures, but in public, I'm going to bash it. <laughs> Daniel freaking oh, wow. Steele. He slowly unbuttoned his shirt and, please, it's not literature. Um, so yeah, you're gonna you're you're gonna start. You know, people will come to your site, but they're gonna refine their they're gonna refine their preference for book. I mean, that's just what generally is gonna happen. So mm-hmm. now you have these filters, so you don't need that feature snippet to cast that wide net. You're just gonna click on the kind of book that you want right up front. Right? I'm not going to go to this, you know, Barnes and Nobles has a list of the, you know, the top, top selling books. I go, I look and yeah, but I really like mystery books. Let me go shop for a mystery book now. Great job, Barnes mm-hmm. and Noble. You got me to your site and now you got me looking for the mystery book that I want. But Google cut that out. I mean, crazy what Google did here. It is crazy what Google did here. No? What's so crazy about it? <clears throat> what? They, they, <laughs> they moved you down the funnel. 
right from the SERP. So that top funnel, that top level content, you didn't even scroll down to see it in the feature snippet because bam, Google cut out the top of the funnel and it's sent you to go find a mystery book if that's what you like or your Daniel Steele books. That falls under crap books in the, uh, in the, in the filter carts. <laughs> and this is not the first time, by the way, that Google has done this. Amazingly enough, Google's done this before. Do you know where? When? When? when oh, where? Zero click searches. Or by providing more answers, right? So, you know, 50% of all searches are zero click. I think it's way less than that, but a larger number of them. That was Google cutting the cord on top level content, top of the funnel content. See the pattern here? Right, right. Right, you get it? Google wants highly targeted content from us, and it's pushing us to forgo this overgeneralized content, that top level content, top of the funnel content, and it wants us to give users highly targeted, highly specific content, and it's asking us, and here's the hard part, to trust them, to trust them to get the user from the general query of best-selling books to our highly targeted content, right? right? So in other words, you, Barnes and Nobles would have to write 10 different lists, best drama books, best you know, uh, Daniel Steele books, best mystery <laughs> books, and then trust, the, trust Google that, hey, when, they, when the user sees the filter up top for be, you know, all these you know, best-selling books and clicks on mystery, it'll show my list of feature snippets there, my, my feature snippet list, or the list that would go into a feature snippet. I'll get it right one of these times. Mm-hmm. In other words, Google is telling us um, with answers on the SERP and it's telling us here with the filters, create targeted content because the age of casting a wide net with your content is over. It is over. I mean, it's starting to be over. It'll be over in, you know, however long it takes Google to fully run with this. What do you think, Sapir? Well, I think you should get more credit for your prophecy abilities. That's what I thought. That's what I was saying. That's what I was saying the whole time. I didn't tell you to no, say that, did I? Well, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> as, as like a user, uh, I'm loving these changes. Just lead me straight to what I'm looking for. Not having to waste any time filtering out the results myself, I think it's brilliant. It is brilliant. It really is for for the user. It's brilliant. It's very good. You know. By the way, this is by here with the filters and with you know the answers on the SERP. This is not the only time Google's sending the message to the to the um, content creators to go you know not top level, right? Top level queries very hard to rank for. Let's say medical niche, right? Yeah. Your yeah. super authorities are going to rank there. You're not going to rank there. Although for a niche query, a very specific, you know, a, a very detailed query about whatever disease or pregnancy or whatever topic, health topic you want to talk about, there you'll rank. That's also Google sending you the message, hey, we don't want you for top-level content. We have our super authorities for this. We want you for highly targeted, highly specific content. Anywho, now for a man. Anywho, I love that. Now for a man who knows what Google's up to to the nth degree. Because he is waist deep, no, neck deep in Google patent analysis. He's the one. He's the only. He's the legend. Bill Slosky. Here comes another search marketing expert. It's time for an in-search interview. Welcome to another In Search SEO podcast interview session. Today we have an SEO wizard for you. He spins out Google patent patterns with pizzazz. He's the director of research at GoFish Digital. You can catch his insights in SEO by the sea. He is a legend. It is Bill Slosky. Welcome. Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate being on here. My pleasure. Absolutely. So I have to ask you, um, there's a lot of um, sea themes, the GoFish Digital, SEO by the sea. Right. Not accidental, I'm assuming. I grew up on the Jersey Shore. We used to go fishing all the time as a little kid, and yeah. You know, oh, nice. It, it's something that uh, I was working at an SEO agency in Harvard Grace, Maryland, oh. and watching sails bouncing up and down the uh, Chesapeake Bay. It's beautiful over up, there. When I came up, the name SEO by the Sea. That's awesome. I wanted, to, I wanted to run a. a Free SEO conference, sort of like a bar camp. The people who were uh, uh, watching it would uh, post things that they wanted to talk about. And uh, it was a good idea. Didn't end up getting too many people. Uh, ended up with the website be- because of it promoting it. 
and I turned the website into a blog where I just wrote about things I found interesting. Well, it is and quite the blog. Thank you. We have a little pattern going on here because I'm from New York. You're from New Jersey. Then you moved to to the Chesapeake uh, Bay, and I moved to Baltimore. <laughs> so we're like again, we're like we're not quite there. One of these, I'll get close to California. I'll move to like Arizona or something, and it'll 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 pan out. So so I I was born on the Jersey Shore. We went fishing all the time, stuff like that. We moved away. We moved to Ohio, then we moved back to New Jersey, but now it's close to the water. So. I, I decided I, I enjoyed living near the beach. I liked the small town feel. Yeah. So I looked around. I said, San Diego has a bunch of small towns <laughs> in North County that sort of had that same type of feel. Nice. Let me go. Uh, a friend of mine who lives in the area said, come out for a week, see if you'll like it. Spend, a, spend the time, go on a vacation. And so I came. It rained every day for a week. So I looked at the weather back home in Virginia. It rained every day for a week there, too, but it was 10 degrees cold. Right. <laughs> so I said, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I packed everything up and moved and left a lot of stuff behind. And uh, I'm glad I made the move. I enjoyed awesome. it. I've always wanted to come out and spend a lot of time in San Diego. One of these days that will happen my my idea of the beach is rockaway beach like you know rockaway high school like the ramones that's where i'm from yeah. not exactly pristine beach yeah. property over there maybe a long time ago it was not anymore um we can talk about the beach all day long let's talk about in case you have been living under a rock folks bill is a a patent maven and i have to ask you how did you first start looking how did you get into this whole patent thing how did that come about a couple of different ways one of them was uh there were a lot of people talking about a specific patent uh in the early 2000s uh, information retrieval based upon historic data, and and people and it was it was written by half a dozen SEO uh, no no search engineers at Google who were in the business for a long time. People like Matt Cutts and Jeff Dean, Monica Hensinger, some other people who who just do that type of stuff. And it was filled with ways to identify if a web page was spammy or stale. Mm. And it came out with a list of a bunch of things. It was it was as if they were sitting at a, a bar somewhere writing on napkins. Here's another way. Big <laughs> <laughs> so huge list. And it, it was one of these patents that ended up getting rewritten and revised and updated like a dozen times. Wow. And broken down to different topics because it was it was too much information, too much stuff in one patent. Uh, it was like the stuff that uh, domain registration length is a spammy filter if people only register for one year, which they right. got wrong. Mm -hmm. A lot of domains registers will register for one year, take your credit card information, and then automatically update you at the end of the year. So you don't register for more than one year. You register for just one year. It doesn't mean you're a spammer. Mm -hmm. A lot, of times, a lot of times spammers would only, uh, let's see, there was a study called uh, Spam, uh, Spam, Damn Spam in Statistics nice. from Microsoft uh, that was uh, talked about uh, uh, German uh, spammers who, who would uh, get domain names and create subdomains on those domains, and, and they would create multiple subdomains because they only want to pay for... Uh, one account nice. and register Crazy. one domain name. So uh, they came up with this statistic that showed that the more hyphens there were in the subdomain names, the more likely the site was spam. Very cool. Very cool. So so Google was sort of trying to do the same thing with this patent with the with the uh, domain registration. It, it's not really a good sign that a site is spammy, that it's uh, only registered for one year. A year or so after uh, the patent was granted, GoDaddy came out with a commercial that said, register your domain name for 10 years. It'll help your SEO. Look at that. Matt Cutts came out with a uh, video that said, just because we have a patent doesn't mean we're using it. That's a good point. That's a very good point. I, 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 it's, it's on my list of like, okay, things I have to ask you about. That that yeah. just because there's a patent doesn't mean Google's, Google is using it. 
So how do you how do you reconcile that? How do you deal with that reality if you're trying to use it strategically? I research. I say, okay, who wrote the patent? What else did they write? Do they have white papers that mm. are related? Do they have other patents on the same subject? Sometimes patents will say these are the related patents. So the once one that uh, came out in 2004 from Google on phrase-based indexing by Anna Lynn Patterson uh, has about 20 related patents. Okay. So you don't you don't publish one patent and and say okay they're automatically using this, but but if someone publishes 20 patents are all related, say okay there's a good chance they may be using that. Yeah. I mean, and some of the things that you write about, I remember you, you wrote about a, a patent that came out in August of 2018, right around the Medic update of Google sort of, you know, organizing sites, um, categorizing sites. You can sort of see that happen within the Medic update itself. The website uh, representation vector yeah, patent? Yeah, yeah. They say, okay, we're going to classify websites based yep. upon uh, similar websites and features from those websites, and they use neural uh, networks to identify. Uh, to classify those pages, and they said, "Okay, we'll take query queries, and we'll uh, look at query logs. We'll classify those yeah. based on what we see in the query logs. And then, if if they fit in certain knowledge domains, we'll try to match the queries with specific websites. So we may have a, a, a query like treatment uh, for diabetes, and We'll only look at uh, health-related websites from doctors, written by doctors, for search results. So they're sort of narrowing the focus down of how much, uh, what, how many websites they actually have to look through to find an answer, to yep. find web pages as a search result. And it makes Google much more efficient to do that. Yeah, and it definitely plays itself out. Yeah. If you do a query, if you if you go if you go um, top level, you'll get your WebMDs, your Mayo Clinics of the world. But if you go if you go long tail, say a diabetes query, you'll get yeah. very specific you know niche sites that deal with just diabetes for the most part. Well, it said when they're talking about the classification part, we have some types of sites where we actually want answers from lay people. Yeah, we want people who maybe live with diabetes, right? And they're asking questions about uh, what type of diet do you eat. When you have diabetes, and you don't necessarily need a, a doctorate or a PhD to uh, tell people about what you eat every day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner if you're diabetic. Yeah, I just I actually just quoted you in a webinar I did with um, Surfset about that. That the the intent in that in that in that query is experiential knowledge, not academic knowledge. You, that's not the kind of authority that you want. Or Google wants to have on the SERP. If I'm trying to understand how to live my life by, you know, I'm undergoing chemotherapy, God forbid, right? And I want to understand how do I live the fullest life possible. Some doctor at Harvard is not going to give me the answer to that, but somebody who actually went through that process will. And if we look at the Raiders Guide, it talks about the results that they want to see. It doesn't necessarily lay out what the algorithms are that they uh, are using. But it, it, it says these are what we want to see in search results that that we expect uh, to get answers for certain queries from. Yeah. So is that like vindication when you see when you see what you're uh, reading about actually play itself out in the wild? Is that like complete vindication, like euphoria? Okay, so I'm reading a book uh, right now. I'm listening to a book because I'm I'm using Audible a lot, and it's uh, Once Upon an Algorithm, <laughs> and and uh, the author is a computer scientist, and he said, okay, so algorithms are uh, about computing science, not computer science, because you're not studying how computers work, actually. You're studying how people compute. And you're studying about algorithms or problem-solving, how people address certain problems. And you see that when you read patent after patent after patent. They often start out with, this is the way life is now. This is the way people do things. This is a problem with that. Here's our solution. This patent provides an answer to that. Mm -hmm. So it solves problems. So uh, seeing patent after patent after patent talk about how they're trying to solve problems is uh, really interesting and helpful. Get you an idea of what the search engines are trying to do step by step to make searching, indexing, crawling, uh, returning results better.
Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you, seeing patent after patent over and over again, you're sort of getting inside Google's head a little bit. That's got to change the way you think about things, the way you analyze Google itself or think about Google itself. Well, you know, when people say my favorite author is Stephen King or, or so, <laughs> and, and I, I, I say, well, my favorite patent writers are nice. Jeff D. Tristram Upstill, Emily Moxley. These are people who write about specific types of things. And, and when I'm looking through uh, patents that get published, granted, every week, I look for those names. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Dean is a name that I don't think we talk We talk about. You know, your Gary's and your John Mueller's of the world. But Jeff Dean is, I mean, when Rain Brain came out, Jeff was, was all over the place. I. It's funny. You don't see him being so mainstream in the SEO community anymore. You think that's problematic? You do see him producing videos where he's talking about to very academic audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen some of those. Yeah, and and so he he doesn't necessarily uh, his job his position isn't a webmaster evangelist like Gary or or John Mueller or so on. Their uh, part of their job is to talk to uh, SEOs, talk to the public, help people learn about search. There are other people like. Uh, Dan Russell, who is a specialist in how people search. And he, he has a website where he puts up uh, search problems. And, and he gets people filling in the comments with how they would find certain types of things, what they would look for, and what they did when they found those things. And he researches things like, why do people Google Google? <laughs> nice. <laughs> that, yeah. That's good. That's very good. Uh, it, it, I think it'd be great if you had some of some of those um, deeper or I'm calling more substantial sort of elements, more um, what's the right word I'm looking for, or integrated into the mainstream SEO community, as opposed to let's stop, let's stop talking about headers and let's stop talking about links for like three seconds. Let's get into some of the more deeper sort of stuff. Which is partially why I like going through the patents so much. They're they're. Uh... Each patent has a discussion where they analyze why they're doing things they're possibly doing. Uh, I read one last week, which was actually from three years ago, but it, it answered a, a question that was raised in search engine land about uh, uh, how queries, how, how search suggestions were appearing in response to queries of people. Were I was just reading that today. Just reading that today. Based on things that they'd seen in the past. Right. So one of the authors has written a lot about user data and stuff like that. And in this patent, he, he goes into it again where he talks about a, a rank modifying engine, which looks at data from uh, things like uh, user selections on search results and long clicks, how long people spend mm -hmm. on the search results. And there's and discusses a way of tracking that length of time using JavaScript or using uh, proxies where the uh, links go through uh, different uh, servers. Right. And you were, you were tying that into that recent feature that, that popped up where um, if you're searching for something and then you know, a couple of days later you, you're searching for something similar, Google will put up a suggestion, hey, do you want to search for this again, basically? Yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah. That's interesting to me because – a lot of these, in a lot of these more peripheral places, you talk, you hear about okay, Google's looking at clicks or how long you're dwelling on a page. But when you ask, or you know, people like Barry Schwartz ask Google, "Hey, are you guys using this for the algorithm?" The answer is no, and I find that and, interesting. And it's not being used to rank the results that you see in real time. Right. It's being it's being used to rank those search suggestions. Which is interesting because why would you use it there, but then not in the results? You don't have to answer. I mean, it's more of a, I'm not, you're not Google. I'm just throwing that out there. Historically, uh, things like dwell time and user click selection are, are signs of search satisfaction. Right. The things that show that people want to see the results that they're finding through search. They're spending time with those pages. So uh, they also historically, things people... From Google, say the webmaster evangelists say those are noisy. They tend to be uh, difficult to uh, uh, say whether or not 
somebody right clicked a search result mm -hmm. and opened up a new tab and left that open for hours. Right. We, they didn't spend t all that time there. They may not have even looked at the page, but Very uh, true. we can't tell that for certain. Or if somebody gets a search result, they click through and they get a phone call as they're looking at it. So they uh, get their attention uh, distracted. And again, it's not necessarily a sign that they read the page, enjoyed it, right, or so on. But but uh, but they did click it. Noisy. They yeah. did click it. We can go down this wormhole forever. So so the snippet, the uh, caption, the title, URL, and uh, small passage of text by itself isn't the web page. Mm -hmm. It's just a representation of the web page. So if you click the search result, that doesn't mean you like the page. Also true. That totally just true. Means you, you liked what was seen as a small snippet within a bunch of other snippets. Right. Well, there's no real way to know if someone liked the page or not other than asking, hey, did you like this page? Um, <laughs> to, 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 to sort of, which Google does sometimes, hey, are these results good? Do you like this feature snippet? Um, to bring this back full circle, how has... Um, in a matter of practicality, how has your thoughts on Google changed over time by looking at the patents? What's, what's your outlook been now versus maybe when you started looking at these things a long time ago? They've given me lots more questions to ask myself. Uh, lots, of, lots of avenues to explore that I otherwise wouldn't mm -hmm. have looked for. Uh, and say, okay, this is something that's important. Uh, I mentioned phrase-based indexing, so that brought me to the concept, the idea of semantic topic models. And the fact that if you get a web page that's about the White House, you can tell it's about the White House by the presence of specific mm -hmm. phrases on the page, like President of the United States, Oval Office, right. uh, Bruce Garden interview. These things predict that that page is about that. So those are the types of things that I want to include on my web page. I want to look, if I'm choosing a certain keyword, I want to do a search on Google that keyword, I want to look at frequently co-occurring words. Uh, there was a, a computer scientist, I think his name was Firth, who said, you shall know a word by the company it keeps. And that's it, a matter of uh, certain words co-occur right. frequently. That's, that's the basis of bird. Right, right, it's, right. That's very, is, all these sort of things, by trying to understand like, the underpinnings of, I'm sorry, go ahead. It's the basis of word vectors. Sorry, I, I misspoke. It's That's, not word. <laughs> either way, um, yeah. it, it's it's fascinating to hear you talk about this because I feel like so often we get very lost in the um, the practical tips. You know, five ways to do this, ten ways to yeah. do that, and really getting into the underpinning of where Google is going directionally and whether you're looking at patents or whether you're looking at you know trying to understand the algorithms, whatever it is. That sort of directional look at what Google is doing. It, it yeah. gives you the ability to form an overall approach as opposed to, okay, I'll try these five tactical things. But it really gives you, in my experience, it gives you a way to say, okay, I think I'm going to approach the whole thing this way now. Right. Skate to where the puck is going to go. Right. I like that. Hey, a hockey yeah. reference. Nice. Huh? That's what, hey, that's what made Gretzky great. That's what made Gretzky great. Right. <laughs> right. So you get an idea of, of where are things going, uh, you know, Doing an SEO strategy for a client. Yeah. You, you explain to the client uh, why you're, he's building certain pages. Okay. So you 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 design these, this product. You want to uh, show examples to different audiences uh, of your website what the products are that you're creating, and you so you build specific pages for each of those audiences, and show them examples. And and the idea here is. Uh, you're you're creating pages that should appeal to specific audiences that answer their questions, that uh, solve their pain points. Cover all those, mm -hmm. anticipate them, plan for them, right? And and work with your subject matter experts, the site owners in most cases, and and uh, get a good sense of what those ideally should be. So you've really used this to say, okay, you know, I see where I see where from the patents, I kind of see where Google's heading over here. Let me now tell my clients. Let me try this with my clients. You're really putting it to action. Yeah, that's very awesome. So, so, so a lot of this stuff recently has been about knowledge bases and knowledge mm -hmm. graphs and stuff like that. And 
I sort of see where Google's going with that. They're trying to, uh, they were relying upon sources like Wikipedia, but they're sort of moving away from that yeah. towards building their own. It's like Google gets a query. They say, okay, we'll search for this query. We'll get the top, say, thousand websites. We'll build a little knowledge graph off of those thousand websites. Mm -hmm. And we'll answer the question in the query based upon that knowledge graph from those thousand websites. It's amazing. So it's no longer we'll use Wikipedia, which is convenient to use, uh, because the reason why they, they abandoned the Google directory and and using DMOS was that they were human edited sources that didn't scale well with right. the web on a website type basis. Right. So this is basically one upping Wikipedia. Right. It's amazing. So so if you can if you can use all the news sources in the world to keep track of uh, entities, keep track of who's in politics, who's in entertainment, uh, what they're up to, and you can build little graphs on the fly. That's an unbelievable well, advantage. That's unbelievable. I mean, I would... using, you're using the web as a scattered database. Right. You, you've got ways to collect that information and to uh, answer questions related to it quickly. I mean, that that's like, and it makes Wikipedia almost look like, you know, what it looked like a giant ocean before, now it's a pond. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, Wikipedia uh, is human edited, edited, but it also uses robots to do a lot, a lot of that stuff. But still, it takes time. Yeah. When, when, when something happens, a uh, uh, trade takes place in football, uh, uh, a country gets overthrown, uh, an ep epidemic stri strikes and overtakes populations and changes life as we know it, uh, these things aren't necessarily captured real well yeah. in uh, Wikipedia. But in the news, they tend to be. If right. you're looking the right sources. Yeah. And if you're a sports fan like I am, Google is very good at, at, at picking up when the player is traded. It could be, it could yeah. be, I, I mean, I haven't checked it to the minute, but I have checked it within the hour and it's updated. They do that with uh, uh, baseball too. I, I see that. Nice. And, and in the NFL draft, they were uh, doing pretty well with that. Who picked what, who for which teams? Yeah. That's great. I, I saw that when um, Tom Biggs, obviously I'm a Steelers fan. If you, you in the audience cannot see this, but I am wearing a Steelers jersey and a Steelers hat. It was an accident. It was an, I, didn't, I didn't wake up saying, I'm going to wear Steelers, you know, going all Steelers today. I need a haircut in the middle of COVID. I'm like, all right, I'm going to put a hat on today and just grab the Steelers hat. I was already wearing the jersey. Anyway, so we had a lot of injuries last year, right? Ben Roethlisberger gets, goes out with elbow surgery. Um, Mason Rudolph comes in. In the Karis, if you search for Steelers roster, they pushed the starting quarterback, who was Ben Roethlisberger, to be like number three, number four. Pushed Mason Rudolph, who was a new starting quarterback, to number one. When he went out and there was another quarterback, they switched it the same day. Who was running back for the Steelers last year? Uh, well, Connor was in there for a while. They was like running back by committee. Running back by yeah. committee. Which is what our, our plan this year is, evidently by drafting some guy from Maryland in the sixth round. So... Don't get me started on that. That's another uh, little pet peeve of mine. I think we should bring yeah. Jerome Bettis back. They're probably better than all of them, even though he's probably about 45 years old right now, but whatever. I grew up I I grew up in New Jersey. We moved to Cincinnati when I was... The Bungles. So. The Bungles. Yeah. Well, not this last year. They've been making changes. Yeah, well, the guy, he got the number one draft pick. We'll see what happens. I hope and I was really yeah. I mean, he's, he's supposed to be they great. Had, they had some really smart draft picks. Yeah, no, they did well. I was surprised. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. And they traded, and they said, "Hey, here we go. We're trading Andy Dalton away. Joe Burrow, we're going with you right right away." I was hoping the Steelers would have picked up Andy Dalton as a backup, but hey, that didn't work out. And we moved on from Vontez Perfect. Oh wow. right, you oh perfect. Don't please don't mention that name to me. Please, that guy's a thug. Guys, uh, uh, oof, you should not be allowed on the field. Hey, we could keep going for this wormhole for a very, very long time. But I do have to ask you, um, yeah. we're talking about you're implementing some of these things that you're looking at and you're actually doing them. 
you know, it's not it, it's it's not perfect. It's not like you're going into Google asking them, okay, so what are you guys doing? Here's what we're doing. Okay, great, let me implement. You're you're theorizing. I mean, it's a good theory, but sometimes it it, it, it you're going to hit a wall or it's the wrong direction. We have to adjust this. Okay, so I'm I'm I went to school for English. I went to law school after that. It didn't prepare me to be a computer scientist. It didn't prepare <laughs> me to analyze the math and the science behind patents. But some aspects of it. When I was an English student, we were studying literary criticism. We were deconstructing uh, things people wrote, breaking down to pieces, looking at aspects of it. Mm-hmm. When I went to law school, we were briefing right. judicial opinions. We were breaking them down into uh, what happened in the case, what were the uh, uh, facts of the case, how did the courts hold, what was the rule of law, uh, what was the legal analysis from the court's decision, how did that change things. Uh, we're breaking web pages down into the same type of thing, doing uh, uh, anal- analysis to figure out what works well, what doesn't work well. And when somebody writes a patent, they do the same type of thing. Here's the problem we intend to solve. Here's what existed previously in, uh, as solutions to that problem and why they don't work now. Here's what we're proposing as a, a, a new way to solve mm-hmm. that problem. And here's the analysis for it. So it's, it's not computer science in my mind it's it's uh, a logical analysis of how to solve specific problems yep and if, if you find that there's a patent that Google's not implementing now chances are they'll probably use it or try to use it at some point they sometimes come up with things that maybe they won't implement maybe they will mm-hmm. a lot of times they come up with redundant approaches here's one way to do something interesting and then something a year or so later that's interesting that's very interesting it'd be cool to see figure out retroactively which way they which way they went with and why they didn't go the other way yeah interesting okay well we can go down that wormhole also for a very long time but i have to i have to do this little game i have that i have i call optimize it or disavow it it's basically where i'm going to give you two good options and you're stuck choosing one good option over another good option or two terrible options and you're stuck choosing one crappy option over another crappy option which nobody wants to do this is the bill slosky version of optimize it or disavow it so you have one or the other zero sum you can answer it depends that is that is a way to go it is a cop-out but it is a way to go if you could spend all of your time analyzing either Google's patents or analyzing ranking patterns, ranking trends, algorithm updates, that sort of thing, which would you do? One over the other. I go for the patents definitely, without a doubt. I, I, I learned so much from the assumptions they make about search, about searchers, about search engines. Uh, with, with the studies, we often see large correlation studies on the web where they don't, the people creating those correlation studies, okay, get to the point where they're saying, okay, correlation infers causation. Mm-hmm. They could try to identify the causation. It's like uh, uh, sales of uh, diapers increase with sales of beer at convenience stores. <laughs> That's an, that would be an interesting trend. Try to figure okay. that one out. So they, they studied it. They looked to see who was buying what. And it, it appeared that young fathers were going out ta- tasked with buying diapers would reward themselves with beer. <laughs> beer. <laughs> so it was a definite correlation. That's great. That's so good. So, so you good. find a correlation, find the causation. See right. how they're don't just say, oh, look, a causation. Let's do a happy dance. <laughs> Let's everybody, everybody use shorter URLs and you'll rank in the uh, top first page Google because you use the short URL. No, right, right. I love that. URLs tend to rank well. I love that. I saw this. Oh, whatever. Oh, don't even get me started on the short URL thing. <laughs> I, I literally saw that and I'm like, oh, boy. 
And with that, we're going to end. And people listening to this, chew on that last little piece of tidbits of information that Bill just went through. Bill, thank you so much for coming on. This is, I can I can do this for another hour and a half, but we can't. But it was amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you. All righty. And we are back to your regularly scheduled insert SEO podcast. Love talking to Bill. I actually get to chat with Bill a lot on SEO chat. Hashtag SEO chat happens 1 p.m. every Thursday with folks like me, Carolyn Leiden, and other guest hosts. Um, Carolyn Carolyn Leiden and I feel very much privileged that Bill joins us to chat as often as he does. He's a very much regular, so come. I'm using Bill. I'm using you as a pe- way to pull people in to come to check out SEO chat. He's often there. You should come, join, chat with Bill, SEO chat, Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and talk to Bill yourself. So there's that. By the way, it's, I believe SEO chat is probably the only grassroots Twitter chat about SEO. So check that out. Awesome. 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 Just downright awesome. Yeah. 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 You, know, you sound exuberant, excited. I am. Cloud nine. You sound hey. like you sound like you just ate a pound of hash brownies and you can barely move. <laughs> That's what you sound like. <laughs> Oh, wow. Your examples are always, like, so interesting. Like That's what my wife says. <laughs> but she doesn't say it in that way. She says, like, what are you saying? And don't say that in front of the children. Don't say what? Don't say anything. Don't talk to our children. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. From my personal life. Do the SEO news because they're intrinsically connected, of course. Sapir, could you please hit it with the news? Reminder, if you have an AMP page, Google will look at the page when the page experience update hits in 2021. So they're going to look at your AMP page, not your not AMP page. If you have an AMP page, so I guess reason to have an AMP page. So just when you thought, hey, no one cares about AMP anymore, here comes Google to tell you, no, 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 have AMP pages. Don't forget about, you know, don't forget about AMP. Don't forget about AMP. I like saying AMP. And Where's the M with P? Pop. AMP. Okay. <laughs> Are you okay? Nope. <laughs> Moving on. Google Google is testing using expendable tabs under Pop. God help me. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Google is testing using expendable tabs under images on the image serp. The tabs expand to show what is basically a featured snippet about the topic or entity shown in the image itself. Right. So let's say I think the example I saw was um give something is like um some sort of Nissan car, like the the, the Z. And underneath were like, you know, two little expandable tabs, you know, I don't know, about Nissan cars or about racing cars or about sports cars, something like that. So you can learn more about the image or the topic that the image represents. Very interesting. Right. Okay. Moving on. Yep. Moving on. Google says, yes. Yes. (laughs) P, pop. (laughs) Google says that a cool, sorry, let's do it again. Google says that a cool million sites are using the rel equals sponsored link attribute. Yeah, that was like, oh, no, people are not. People said, no, that's too many. And then people are like, hey, well, you know, it can't be that. And Gary's like, hey, Gary from Google, are you calling me a liar? It makes sense. I think it makes sense that there's a million sites using it. Why not? Uh-huh. It's becoming a thing. Uh-huh. I'll hum to death. Yeah, I'm done. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Mm-hmm. Come July, Google will ban the use of anything clickbaity in ads. Ooh, that's nice. Ooh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Must suck to be tabula. Sorry. <laughs> oh. You ever? Okay. I I love that. Like you, you go, you go to like CBS News, and you you read an important article. Mm-hmm. And you scroll down, looking for maybe some comments, other related articles, and you get this crap from Tabula. I'm like, okay. this is a news page. This is like authoritative content. You love your your CBS and you're an authority on the news. You're putting Tabula on your page. That makes sense. You know, I was shocked that you didn't rent the entire podcast. 
So yeah. I, I didn't no. rant. I did not rant the entire podcast. Now, now you did. Yeah, now. That's yeah. not a rant. I'll show you a rant. That's not a that's rant. A, this is a that's rant. A mini rant. Right. That's not a knife. This is a knife. You never know what that is, do you? I have no idea. Crocodile Dundee. Who? What? <gasps> what? <laughs> what? Crocodile Dundee? You never heard of that? You never heard of that? Uh, um, I don't know. That's right. Schwarzenegger movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger? Anyway. Yeah, anyway. I'm kidding. I Big don't, time. I don't actually know. I don't... Okay. Yes, we, we clearly know, know you don't know. Got it. <laughs> Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Important updates to Google's Merchant Center. Google has released new attributes that let you list product specification, product highlights, etc. Also, come September, Google will require more specifications for certain products. For example, for clothes, you may have to list gender and size, etc. If not, the product won't be listed. Yeah, so that's good to know. A lot of stuff there. Very important. Yeah. I should have something to say on this, I feel like. <laughs> no, but you know, you have to go read it. Like, definitely read the article. There's a bunch of different attributes there that you should look at. And they do, some of them, some of the changes do mean your listing won't show up. So definitely check that out. That's what I have to say about that. Okay, we got another one? Yes. Okay. Lastly, Google says its smart display de devices will start looking at AMP pages for content. Oh, another uh, AMP is back again. Look at that. Oh, Google says, hey, we're going to kill off AMP at the top stories carousel. And all of a sudden, oh, hey, hey, before you all, you know, throw AMP in the dumpster, light it on fire. <laughs> Google Assistant, you know, Google Hub. It's going to pull content in from AMP pages. Hey, everyone loves voice search, right? Everyone's going to love AMP pages now. Yeah, so there's that. Okay. Okay. Thank you for that, Sapir. Another incredible okay. job with the news. Much appreciated. Thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> More importantly than anything else. At least at least you appreciate it. You I know? do. I don't like say that effort. enough. I don't <laughs> yeah. say that enough. <laughs> with putting up with you, yeah. Thank you very okay. much for putting yeah. up with me. <laughs> it can't be easy. The only thing wow. worse would be actually being me. <laughs> So, so, well, so consider that, Sapir. Okay, okay. Okay. Noted. Consider this. It's now time for our fun SEO send off question. Sapir has a very good one this week. You've been on a roll lately. Really? Kudos to you. Slow clap. <laughs> because it's been, it's been, it's been lit with these questions, Sapir. Really? Yeah, wow. you, I, I even see in the show notes, you wrote like, hey, how about this question? I'm like, love it. Love this question. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So this week we're asking, what would Google use as an email password? Great question. Yeah. I have a lot. I was going to go with something scandalous, like 30, but I'm not going to go in that direction. That's too cheap. That's just too cheap. <laughs> I would go with something like the name of the daughter of Elon Musk and uh, what's her name? Grimes. Grimes? That's her name? I saw that he named her something like crazy. Her name is something Grimes? Like, something crazy. I don't even know how to pronounce it. No, no. Her name, the, his wife's name is, is not not wife. Sorry. The, the woman he has had a baby with. Uh, I sh I feel like you should be on top. I'm I'm on top of all my old pop culture stuff. I feel like you should be on top of the new stuff. <laughs> I feel like we have very delineated roles here, and you're you're letting me down. Elon Musk has had a daughter, right? Right, that and I know, and I need something crazy. Yeah, something weird with well, something like with numbers and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> need something with numbers. Yes, yeah, something with numbers. I don't That's even cracked. know. That's cracked. That's cracked. You know one thing. That kid is going to need an extensive amount of therapy. Well, at least they have money. At least they have the money for that. Hey, Thank I can buy all the so therapy much. we want. Okay, so what's the real password? So something with, like, letters and, I don't know. Something <laughs> with letters. Something with letters and numbers. That's very specific. Wow, you, you really knocked it out of the park with that one. Something with letters and numbers. But, no, like, symbol, symbols also? Or just letters and numbers? <laughs> oh, my 
my god. Wow. Yeah, symbols as well. Wow. Why not? Bring it in. Great. Good answers up here. <laughs> What's your answer? Wow. I was going to go with a classic one, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Oh. That's a code of my luggage, which you don't get that reference at all from Spaceballs. But, I have no idea. Yeah, I know. I totally know. Um, but my real answer is Search King. Capital S, lowercase rest. Capital K, Search King. Because Google <laughs> Google is the, the tiger king of search engines. Okay. So at least I had That's some boring, sort of that's answer. That's a boring answer. But yes. Okay. Your answer of numbers and letters and characters <laughs> was much better. It was. Much better. But it was actually better. <laughs> it was. But not it's for the right reasons. Our and, job is to entertain, Morty. And that'll do it for this episode that of the In Search SEO Podcast. Don't forget to tune in to another episode of the In Search SEO Podcast next Tuesday because we bring out new episodes every Tuesday look for on the Brain Granger blog it's been in search because we're all in search of something thank you so much and toodaloo